Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kamal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. You're listening to The Line with Andrew McLean on Talk 99.5. Hey now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. Looking at a live shot of the White House waiting on creepy old Joe Biden to come out and mumble some words while Fox News talks to creepy Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia. What are they doing promoting that scumbag? I will never know. Brian Kemp may be one of the worst Republicans in the entire country, by the way. You know how Georgia's blue? Georgia's got two Democrat senators, but somehow all the Democrats are winning in uh, in Georgia. But Brian Kemp, the governor, he somehow stays in power. wonder how that happens. Maybe it's that fat Dominion contract he signed to uh, get those voting machines up in there. Who knows? Anyway, that's another story for another day. Speaking of scumbag Republicans, Ann Coulter, who used to be kind of a respectable conservative. Most of you guys remember early on in 2015, uh, or, or I guess early on in 2016, that clip of Ann Coulter. She's on the Bill Maher show, and they're asking their panelists, which include Joy Reid and others at that time, what uh, who they think on the Republican side had had the best shot at the general election? Like who, which Republican was going to come out on top? And Ann Coulter says of the declared right now, Donald Trump. And then everybody laughs at her, and they're like, "Oh, what an idiot! Donald Trump's never going to win the primary." And Donald Trump goes on to win the primary and the election, and it was just. It's a famous clip you, you've seen. But ever since then, Ann Coulter has been in a death spiral. And she seems to hinge it all on immigration. She never felt like Trump did enough on immigration. She hates his other policies. And she's just, uh, well, she's not promoting leftist policies. She has gone full-blown anti-Trump, orange man derangement syndrome. And she stepped it up a notch yesterday when she took to Twitter to answer a tweet from someone else that says, Ann Coulter has been right about Trump in the past. I'd love to hear what he needs to do, in her opinion, to help us take America back. To which Ann Coulter responded, maybe he could die. What the... So Ann Coulter thinks in order to make America great again, Donald Trump needs to die. It's that beehive mentality that the left's got. Mm-hmm. 
You cannot tell much of a difference between Ann Coulter and those vile members of the left these days. And what a fall from grace that was. I hate that. I've had Ann Coulter on my radio shows in the past. Uh, Trish was always a big fan of Ann Coulter, and I was too. But then it was like Trump derangement syndrome set in, and she just lost her marbles all of a sudden. I don't get it. Another issue outside of Ann Coulter is uh, a surprising name. It may not be surprising to some of you, but Ron DeSantis. Now, I want to talk about Ron DeSantis for a moment, where he's not as overtly Trump derangement syndrome as Ann Coulter or, you know, some of the Brian Kemp and others. It seems to me that Ron DeSantis, even though he has suspended his campaign, he is running a shadow campaign and still trying to undermine Donald Trump from the political grave. And I want to explain why that is. The reason, and we told you this before you even dropped out, and the same goes for Nikki Haley when she decides to pull the plug on life support, is that the longer these people stay in, the, the more it comes to, the more people come to realize that they are not staying in in order to beat Donald Trump outright with delegates, that they are staying in in the hopes of Donald Trump is going to get knocked out of the race by the court system. That they are going to forcibly take him out of the race, the corrupt DOJ. They are cheering for the corrupt Biden DOJ to arrest or disqualify Donald Trump so they can then step in and take over. That's absolutely what Nikki Haley's doing, and it is what Ron DeSantis is doing. But as of now, it seems Ron DeSantis is still doing the exact same thing. Here's why. Last Thursday, the Sarasota Herald Tribune, which is a major Florida newspaper, ran an article suggesting that Ron DeSantis was actively plotting to step in the presidential race if Trump implodes. That's the quote. The article begins with the statements that while Ron DeSantis is back in Florida, he's still focused on Washington, D.C. He goes on to hint that the uh, prospect uh, that DeSantis is currently mounting a shadow campaign against the party leader for his part, DeSantis is no stranger to shadow campaigns because prior to announcing his formal run for president from Miami in May of last year, he had been for months, if not years, running a covert shadow campaign behind the scenes so that he would not violate Florida's strict resign-to-run law. The resign-to-run law requires that all presidential uh, candidates that declare resign from their state offices before launching their official campaigns. That is a law. What's a law in Florida still is. If you are a state official in the state of Florida and you want to run for a different office, if you want to run for president, 
you have to resign your post because the presidential campaign is going to take up so much of your time and energy that you can't govern Florida. And we actually saw some of the effects of that in Florida with Democrats gaining hold because Ron DeSantis was busy. But guess what? Ron DeSantis ran anyway, and he kept his office anyway. Since he had declared the presidential campaign while serving as governor of Florida, he was in clear violation of the law. But he had his people run cover for him, and we just turn the other way and pretend like it wasn't a thing. Even the Trump campaign filed an ethics complaint with the Florida Commission on Ethics about it, but nothing ever came of it. But here's the details. Florida's political swamp rushed to cover DeSantis' flagrant violation of the law at that time. Now, 11 months later, despite officially drawing his campaign to a close, DeSantis appears to have reverted to a shadow campaign mode. It has further been reported that DeSantis had been moving up to moving up top aides that worked on his presidential campaign over to the Club for Growth. The Club for Growth is a well-known anti-Trump political action committee that was an early and energetic financial backer of DeSantis's campaign, which put millions and millions of dollars into that flopper. But then if you go further, Fox News has been strangely covering Ron DeSantis' press conferences, even though he's dropped out of the race and is now really insignificant in the arena of national politics, as he kind of was when he was running for president. So the coverage is made all the more odd by the fact that Fox News, the Murdoch-owned Fox News, still refuses to provide adequate coverage of Trump rallies and press conferences and remains extremely hostile to the Trump campaign, surrogates and pro-Trump voices generally, whom they only periodically invite onto primetime shows, say Jesse Waters or maybe Greg Gutfeld. Everybody else on Fox News is hostile to anybody coming from the Trump campaign or Trump surrogates. And if you watch a Trump speech, like I know you all have on Fox News, you will notice they always cut it short. Even Sean Hannity, who brings on Trump surrogates all the time, he will be forced to cut Trump press conferences short. And given that Donald Trump remains the most important politician in America, this disproportionate amount of coverage Fox has given to a presidential dropout raises the concerns of a lot of people that these guys are actively aiding and abetting DeSantis' shadow campaign. Would anybody be surprised by that? I didn't think so. Politics is a dirty business. And nothing is ever as it seems. These people play dirty and they will stab you in the back. Radio business. Radio was like that for a long time, John Bird. Yeah, it was. It was dirty. People, in order to get your job, would stab you in the back. Man. That's what's I, going on I here. Got stories. Mm. <laughs> you get stories a mile long. 
Uh, I, I and I've, I've got more Republicans to talk about about when we get back. Real quick, Joe Biden just hit the podium. Let's uh, hear the Commander in Chief mumble for a few moments. See how far we can take it if we've got that. Finally, fix our immigration system. For months now, that's what they've done. Working around the clock through the holidays, over the weekends, it's been an extraordinary effort by Senators Lankford, Murphy, and Cinema. The result of all this hard work is a bipartisan agreement that represents the most fair, humane reforms in our immigration system in a long time, and the toughest set of reforms to secure the border ever. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. And it looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. So I want to tell the American people what's in this bill and why everyone from the Wall Street Journal to the Border Patrol to the Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, support this bill. Because it's going to make the country safer, make the border more secure, treat people more humanely and, free, and, and fairly, and make legal immigration more efficient and consistent with the values of our nation and our international treaty obligations. It would finally provide the funding that I have repeatedly, repeatedly requested, most recently in October, to actually secure the border. That includes an additional 1,500 border agents and officers to secure the border, to physically secure it. In addition, 100 cutting-edge machines to detect and stop fentanyl at the southwest border. We have that capacity. An additional 100 additional immigration judges to help reduce the year-long asylum backlog. You show up for asylum, and the judge is supposed to talk to you. It takes a year to get that discussion going. This bill would also establish new, efficient, and fair process for the government to consider an asylum claim for those arriving at the border. Today, the process can take five to seven years, as you all know. They show up at the border, get a bracelet, told to come back when called, five to seven years, not in country. That's too long, and it's not rational. With the new policies in this bill, and the additional of 4,300 more asylum officers who spend hours, I might add, with each immigrant to consider their claims, whether they qualify, will be able to reduce that process to six months, not five to seven years. This bipartisan bill will also expedite work permits so those who are here and who qualify can begin work more quickly. That's something that our governors, our mayors, and our business leaders have been asking me for and asking them for. All across the country, they've been asking for this. It'll also create more opportunities for families to come together for business, to hire additional workers. And for the first time in 30 years, the first time in 30 years, this bipartisan legislation increases the number of immigrant visas for people legally, legally able to come to this country through ports of entry. And it ensures, for the first time, that vulnerable, unaccompanied young children have legal representation at the border. 
This bill would also give me, as president, the emergency authority to temporarily shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. The numbers are talking to over 5,000 people trying to get in one day. The bill, if the bill were law today, it would qualify to be shut down right now while we repair it. Bottom line is this bipartisan bill is a win for America because it makes important fixes to our broken immigration system. And it's the toughest, fairest law that's ever been proposed relative to the border. Now, it doesn't address everything I'd like uh, that I wanted. For example, we still need a path for, of documentation for those who are already here. And we're not walking away from true immigration reform, including permanent protections and a pathway to citizenship for young dreamers who came here when they were children and who have been good citizens and contribute so much to our country. But the reforms in this bill are essential for making our border more orderly, more humane, and more secure. That's why the Border Patrol Union, which, by the way, endorsed Donald Trump in the 2020 election, endorses this bill. These are the people whose job it is to secure the border every single solitary day. They don't just show up for photo ops like some members of Congress. They're there to do their job. This is the risk, the thing they, many of them risk their lives doing every single day. And they decided, they decided, the Border Patrol decided, this gives them the tools they need to do the job. More personnel across the board. It's also why the U.S. Chamber of Commerce endorsed this bill, because they know this bill is not just good for the border, it's also good for American business and for the American economy. And it's why the Wall Street Journal endorsed the bill with the headline this morning, which reads, quote, a border security bill worth passing. The Senate has reforms Trump never came close to getting. That's the quote from the journal. This bill would also address two other important priorities. First, it provides urgent funding for Ukraine. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes without new aid Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Just what Putin wants. Ukrainians are fighting bravely. You know, you've, many of you look around the room here have followed me in this for a long time. I pulled together a coalition of over 50 nations to support them on the phone talking to these leaders. We unified NATO. Remember when we first came to office, NATO was in, well, they're all together and actually increased the size of NATO. We can't walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing this bill is playing into his hands. As I've said before, the stakes on this fight extend well beyond Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself to just Ukraine. And the cost for America and our allies and partners will rise. For those Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. The position of the MAGA Republicans can be characterized by the New York Times headline. First, and this is the headline, it reads, Trump first, 
Putin second, America third. That cannot pertain. This bipartisan agreement also provides Israel with what it needs to protect its people and defend itself against Hamas terrorists. And it will provide the necessary life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people. By opposing this bill, they're denying aid to the people who are really suffering and desperately need help. You know, there's more work to get this done over the finish line, and I want to be clear. Doing nothing is not an option. Republicans have to decide. For years, they said they want to secure the border. Now they have the strongest border bill this country has ever seen. We're seeing statements about how many oppose the bill now. Look, I understand the former president is desperately trying to stop this bill because it's not — he's not interested in solving the border problem. He wants a political issue to run against me. I've all but said that across the board. No one really denies that that I'm aware of. The American people want a solution that puts an end to the empty political rhetoric, which has failed to do anything for so long. We have to get the resources to the border to get the job done. So Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Are they here to solve problems or just weaponize those problems for political purposes? I know my answer. I serve the American people. I'm here to solve problems. It was just months ago that Republicans were asking for this exact bill to deal with the border, to provide support for Ukraine and Israel. And now, and now it's here. And they're saying, never mind. Never mind. Folks, we've got to move past this toxic politics. It's time to stop playing games with the world, waiting and watching. And by the way, the world is waiting. The world is watching. They are waiting and watching what we're going to do. We can't let — we can't continue to let petty partisan politics get in the way of our responsibility. We're a great nation. It's not acting like a great nation. So I'm calling on Congress to pass this bill. Get it to my desk immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment. Just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. <laughs> afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. Moments like this. We have to remember who in God's name we are. <coughs> We're the United States of America. You've heard me say it many times. There's nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. We're right on the verge of doing it together. I hope, I hope and pray they find reason to reconsider blowing this up. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Folks, you're going to ask me questions. Hang on a second. I'm going to be back on Thursday. I don't want to prejudice what may be going on in negotiations now. So I'm not going to be answering any questions of this. I'll be back Thursday to stand here with you and answer all the questions you want.
about this issue. Thank you. Wow. Did y'all know that? Did everybody know that? That the reason the border isn't secure is because of Donald Trump. And if you oppose this bill, you are a puppet of Vladimir Putin. If all else fails, blame Trump. You're a Russian asset. Did y'all know that? Did you know that? Well, now that you've heard Joe Biden's side of the story, when we get back, let's tell you what really is in the bill. Yeah. And we'll let you decide if you want to secure the border or play into Putin's hands because you love Donald Trump so much. We will let you decide. 545-9950. This and more coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Line with Andrew McLean on Talk 99.5. One of the most extraordinary things that was said during that press conference was towards the end when Biden said that if Congress didn't pass this bill, he would spend between now and November making sure the American people knew that the reason the border was not secure was because of MAGA Republicans. I want you to think about that for a moment. The President of the United States, first of all, politicizing it to a level that most politicians wouldn't say this out loud, saying that it's not about right or wrong, it's about who to place the blame on, so I'm going to go out here and campaign, which we know you're not, and tell everybody that the border is not secure because of MAGA Republicans, even though I, as the commander-in-chief, have the ability to close the border right this very second. That was extraordinary that he came out and said that, and I don't know if that was off script or what. But that took a lot of people aback. But you hear the excuses. It was threats. There were some veiled threats in there, and I'm going to explain what they are in a moment. But it was. Republicans are only voting against it. The strongest border bill in history, by the way, he said that. The strongest border bill in history, the only reason Republicans are against it is because they are bowing down to Donald Trump. Well, why are, do, do they just, why are they bowing down to Donald Trump? Do they like his hair? Do they like his spray tan? What is it about Donald Trump? Why are they so fascinated with it? Because the voters are fascinated with Donald Trump. And when these politicians see that Trump's policies are garnering most of the fanfare, they say to themselves, maybe I should latch on to those policies. It's not about loving Donald Trump as a person. It's about the fact that some people, surprisingly enough, are listening to us. And they're listening to us through Donald Trump. It's not about Donald Trump. It's about us. And we said no. This ain't going to work. It ain't about, why well, we need to wait till November to secure the border. It's about securing the border. And this bill does not do that. It's as simple as that. 
Let me not get ahead of my skis. Noto Roofing bringing you this part of the show. As you know, if you hit up Noto, you can set a day, set a time for those guys to come out give you a free roof inspection. Because you're part of this family, costs you absolutely nothing, and they're going to give you a little roof tune-up while they're up there. Again, absolutely free, and they're going to check everything. They're your flashings, your chimneys, your ventilation, your gutters, your shingles. Going to be looking for wood rot, all kinds of stuff that most of us don't really think about. When it comes to checking in on your roof, that's what Noto does, and they want to check it out for you for free. All you got to do is make this phone call, 205-848-2299, 848-2299, online, notoroofing.com. Let me, let me go through the process here. First of all, one of the names that Joe Biden mentioned was Senator Langford. And Senator Lankford, the Republican who is a complete rhino and a scumbag, he is one of the Republicans in the Senate that spearheaded this bill. He thinks it's a fantastic idea. He loves it. He thinks we should be letting in two million illegals a year and then just giving them whatever they want, amnesty, all of it. He likes that idea. But he's getting some pushback from some pretty prominent voices. One in particular, an immigrant himself, Elon Musk. Elon Musk took to Twitter to point out one small portion of this bill, which is going to award NGOs $2.3 billion. If you recall, the NGO, the non-governmental organizations, are these groups that are handing out the maps and the supplies to immigrants all over the world, guiding them to the border. The UN, the Red Cross, other organizations that are going to be, instead of prosecuted for inflating this crisis, instead of being prosecuted for coercing people to break the law, they are going to be awarded with your taxpayer dollars in this bill to the tune of $2.3 billion. And that's exactly what Elon Musk said on Twitter. He's been somewhat vocal about illegal immigration because he sees the exact same things that we see. He sees a country in crisis. He sees a country that is being destroyed. He sees cities being destroyed. And so, like so many of us, he is against it. So what is... Senator Langford do in response to Elon Musk calling him out. Well, of course, he goes to CNN. That's what all rhino Republicans do. He goes on with Jake Tapper and responds to Elon Musk's dirty, dirty tweets. Here's a claim being circulated on Twitter or X by Elon Musk, who posted, quote, the long term goal of the so-called border security bill is enabling illegals to vote. It will do the total opposite of securing the border, unquote. Now, I know that Elon Musk is not an expert on illegal immigration or the border, but he has a huge megaphone. Um, he does. Explain what he's talking about here. Is he wrong? Uh, well, I, I think he needs to go back to doing the two million Teslas that are currently being recalled right now to be able to focus in on that. No, it's not focused on trying to be able to get more illegals to vote. That's absurd uh, in the process. On it, It is against the law for anyone that is not a citizen of the United States to be able to vote in the United States in any federal election. That remains so. Obviously, we're not dealing with that. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You're Elon Musk, you big dumb car maker. Why don't you get back to making Teslas? You're just a big dummy. You don't do nothing but make cars and send rockets to the moon and 
Stupid stuff. That's what stupid people do. I'm a senator. I work in Washington, D.C. We're not going to let illegals vote. I trust the Democrats. They're good people. What an idiot. What an idiot. So that's the defense you're getting. You don't even have to read the bill. You can just listen to this jabroni talk and explain away what's in this bill and know he's full of ish. Know he's full of ish. But another thing, and I want y'all to pay close attention to this because this is tied in with Ukraine, funding for Ukraine. Ukraine in this bill would get three times the money that the border would get. And it even hinged on, it's it's amazing Joe Biden has the balls to come out and talk about Ukraine with the invasion at the southern border currently going on and being the topic of all of this in the first place. He comes out, he's wearing a blue and yellow tie. I'm wearing a Ukraine tie and I'm wearing a Ukraine pin because the onslaught from Vladimir Putin, we've got to help Ukraine. We got to help Ukraine. Vladimir Putin's going to win. If you don't want to help Ukraine, you cheering for Vladimir Putin. You're a Russian asset. Actually, I'm speaking a lot better than Joe Biden did, but you get the picture. You are a Russian asset if you are not willing to support Ukraine. But there was a veiled threat in there. A veiled threat to you, directly to you, to say if you don't send this $60 billion to Ukraine, Guess what? You do it in the Joe Biden leans up and whispers real real creepy. We're going to send your sons and daughters to fight in Ukraine. That's exactly what he was saying. And you know why I know that's what he's saying? Because that's what Chuck Schumer said Sunday on TV. It's exactly what he said. If you don't support Ukraine... We will send your sons and daughters to fight in that war. You've said that you worked very closely with Leader McConnell on this, this bill, now that we see what's in it, seems to be as bipartisan as it gets. Why wouldn't this, why wouldn't both sides really want this to go through? Well, it's a great question, Mika. Look, it took a long time, four months of arduous negotiations. They fell off the tracks a whole bunch of times. I had to be on the phone even at midnight saying we've got to keep going. Why? We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial, and history will look back on it and say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine, Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. We will lose the war. And we could be fighting in Eastern Europe in a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. That's right. You're not going to like that. Not going to like that when I send your sons and daughters to fight under the banner of our Lord and Savior, Vladimir Zelensky. Not going to like that. You're going to have to deal with the Middle East and Ukraine. You're going to be fighting against one of the world's superpowers in Russia. So you better pass this bill. You better pass it. He goes on to say that maybe we might send your sons and daughters to Israel to fight Hamas as well. Who knows? If we don't help Israel defend itself against Hamas, that perpetual war will go on and on and on. If we don't help humanitarian aid to the starving Palestinians in Gaza, hundreds of thousands could starve. And the border, everyone has said it's chaos. 
a speaker, you just saw Speaker Johnson. He said it's mm -hmm. chaos. We have to do something legislative a few months ago. But what has happened, in answer your, to que your question, so this is crucial for America. It's a turning point. History is going to look over our shoulders and say, did we rise to the occasion? To his credit, Mitch McConnell did. But too many Republicans, yeah. including Speaker Johnson, are just scared to death of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said he wants chaos. Donald Trump has said, well, wait till I become president. That'll take at least a year. Ukraine could be gone. The border will get much worse. War in the Middle East will get worse, maybe bring, bringing, bringing us into it. He's doing it all for political reasons. And let me just say, will senators, the crucial question, the $64,000 question, the majority of Republican senators know this bill is the right thing to do. It's a compromise. I don't like everything in it. Neither does McConnell. But it's a compromise. That's the only way you get things important done in the Senate. We proved that two years ago in our bipartisan legislation. And will the senators drown out the political noise from Trump and his minions and do mm -hmm. the right thing for America? It's a crucial question. History will, is looking down on every one of us right now. That's right. History will judge you if you don't do what's right for America. And what's right for America is $60 billion to the United States of Ukraine. Think about it. Think about the possibilities. We could actually, we're over here talking about Puerto Rico. We're over here talking about adding other territories to the United States, to the cluster of states. Wait till Ukraine is the 51st state. Wait till we add that extra blue and yellow star to the flag. The United States of America welcomes Ukraine as the 51st state. Now, granted, they will loyally vote Democrat the whole time, but that's okay. Ukraine is only worth 62 electoral points. It's not that big of a deal. This bill is $118 billion. Out of $118 billion, 20 goes to the border. $60 billion in support to Ukraine. $14 billion in security assistance to Israel. $2.4 billion to support operations in the U.S. Central Command and address combat expenditures related to the conflict in the Red Sea. $10 billion in humanitarian assistance to provide food, water, shelter, medical care, and other essential services to the civilians in Gaza and the West Bank, as well as Ukraine and other populations caught in conflict across the globe. $4.83 billion to support key regional partners in the Indo-Pacific and deter aggression by the Chinese government. Only $4 billion to fight back against China. Hmm. $2.3 billion to continue to support Ukrainians displaced by Putin's war of aggression and other refugees fleeing persecution. $20 billion to addressing existing operational needs and expand capabilities at our nation's borders, resource the new border policies included in the package and help stop the flow of fentanyl and other narcotics. 
fentanyl eradication and narcotics deterrence of fentanyl act. Is that part of the bill? $400 million for the nonprofit security grant program to help nonprofits and places of worship make security enhancements. Or as we like to say, help illegals get into the country. That's just some highlights of the bill in case you were curious and wondered if Joe Biden was actually telling you the truth. This bill increases green cards by 50000 per year. It gives work permits for adult children of H-1B holders. It gives immediate work permits to every illegal alien released from custody. It gives taxpayer-funded lawyers to certain undocumented aliens and mentally incompetent aliens. 5,000 migrants per day are allowed into the U.S., as you know, and it restricts parole for those who enter without authorization between ports of entry. But all of this hinges on how the president feels. Because in this, in this bill, it gives the president the power to close or bust it wide open, the southern border. Again, we're giving the power to the Border Patrol agents, but who's telling the Border Patrol agents what to do? Well, yeah, that's Alejandro Mayorkas. That's right. Who's telling Alejandro Mayorkas what to do? Oh, it's Joe Biden. That's right. So none of it really matters. It's all useless. And as of right now, unless more have come out today, there has only been 19 Republicans in the Senate that have spoken out against this, that said they're not going to vote. Now, the House is done with it. They're not going to vote on this. But in the Senate side... Out of dozens of Republicans, you've only got 19 who have spoken out. Bill Haggerty, Eric Schmidt, J.D. Vance, Josh Hawley, Katie Britt, Marco Rubio, Marsha Blackburn, Mike Lee, Mike Braun, Rand Paul, Rick Scott, Roger Marshall, Ron Johnson, Steve Daines, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, Tommy Tupperville, Ted Budd. These are the 19 that said uh, they're not going to vote for it. Both of our senators, thankfully, are against this completely. But thank God for the House, because the Senate would probably figure out a way to convince most of these to change their mind. 545-9950. Back after this. It's The Line with Andrew McLean on Talk 99.5. And just to clarify... The list of 19 that I read you was a list from yesterday, and there have been more senators speak out against this bill. I don't know what the official number is as of right this second. It's above 20. Uh, I saw somebody in the in the chat in the uh, in, in on the tax line mentioned Tim Scott. Tim Scott is part of that group. Uh, I just don't have a current tally, but. In reality, it should be every single Republican. As you heard Chuck Schumer speaking, you know, now all of a sudden Mitch McConnell's like, eh, you know, it's, it's not that good. But Mitch McConnell was part of the negotiations to put this together. He was on board with it. 
And it is mind-boggling to understand how any conservative could continue to support Mitch McConnell. In the state of Kentucky, how does this happen? How? I understand it's kind of a a Richard Shelby deal. You've been in there forever, and you just run off name recognition, and you've got a war chest uh, bigger than anybody else. You're you're constantly the leader of the Senate. You cut the backroom deals. You work with Democrats, and that helps you remain in power instead of doing right by your citizens. But it's just mind-blowing. And that goes for plenty of other senators and politicians. I was looking at an article yesterday. I never got to bring it up. But it was about some new technology rolling out at, uh, at, at TSA, at the airports, federal airports. And it is new tech that requires facial recognition. Now, I've read you guys notices at some airports that's allowing illegal immigrants to board flights without identification. That gives them the option to let TSA take their picture. If they don't want their picture taken, they don't have to get it taken. But they're just boarding random people from all over the world onto flights. It's only a matter of time before a flight gets hijacked, a terrorist attack happens. But there are CAT scanners that the government is going to start putting in airports, which is facial recognition technologies. By taking real-time pictures of travelers and then comparing those images against their photo IDs. TSA first demonstrated the CAT-2 units in 2020 and began deploying the new screeners at airports in 2022. As of January 12, the agency said it has added 457 CAT-2 upgrade kits utilizing the facial recognition technology in 2023, and they plan on putting it in 400 airports across the country. So, yeah. Government's getting ready to start scanning your retinas just so you can travel. How exciting. Because that's what the government needs. It needs more personal information about you so they can completely control your life. But if you're an illegal, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, Jose. We don't need your facial recognition scan. Adios, amigo. Off to Chicago you go. Ernest Financial, retirewithearnest.com, retirewithearnest.com. Hit up my man, David Ernest, protect your retirement. This is going to be the one of the most important phone calls you've ever made in your life. 205-479-0839, 205-479-0839. It's The Line with Andrew McLean on Talk 99.5. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. It yeah, just hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created this show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.